Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and on today's episode, we are going to be learning some about the Jamstack and how we can pull that off and, and do that in Angular with a new product out there uh, So uh, called Scully. So let's get into it. Let's say hi to our panelists, then we'll meet our guests, and then we'll learn all about it. Joining us today, we've got Mike with us. Mike, what's going on? I'm ready to jam. What's going on? <laughs> nice, nice. Alyssa's with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Great. When you first started introducing the topic, I was like, no, it's it's not about Jamstack. It's about Scully. What's he talking about? So I'm so glad you connected the two for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get answers on both levels, I believe. <laughs> from, Sick. from our guest today, Aaron Frost, uh, also known as Frosty. What's going on? How you guys doing? I'm excited to be here. Oh, uh, we are doing great. We're Good. excited to have you. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm happy to be back. This is cool. Yes, very cool. Hey, uh, in case some of our viewers might not know who you are, you want to uh, give us a little rundown? Yeah, so I'm friends with Mike and Justin and Alyssa. And then other people no, know. No, me I think as, it's Mike and Justin, and especially Alyssa. Especially, I'm friends with Alyssa and Mike. I mean, and she's Justin. questionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then some people lesser lesser am I known as? Um, I also organize ngconf, and I'm an Angular GDE, and I run a company called Hero Devs, which is a bunch of Angular experts, and I have a small family with five children. Which it might as well be a hundred. It's crazy. Tiny, so. tiny thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Keeping keeping you busy. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, so there's the well. So we got a couple things to unpack here today, right? We got the yeah. story thing that we're going to talk about. It's pretty. What easy. is it? Yeah. But this whole Jamstack thing too. Like, what is it? Wow, what is all this stuff? I don't know. Where to begin? Jamstack maybe. We can start with the Jamstack. Um, there's there's really a lot to talk about though. So like the Angular community, we've all been in it. I mean, you guys have been in it as long as I've been in it. I mean, uh, I, I've met you all years and years ago. Um, we've 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 kind of sat back the last three or four years and watched other people do this Jamstack thing, and we're just like, whatever. We're Angular. We're waiting for Ivy. We don't have anything like. Um, we're not interested, right? And we, but we've watched <clears throat> the rise of Next and Nuxt and and Gatsby, right? We, we don't even know what it is. Like, generally, is that is that is that wrong to say? No, and I, I don't even think honestly, I hadn't even heard of the Jamstack until like Tara joined Netlify a few months ago and told me what Jamstack was. So I can we define Jamstack and then beyond? Yeah. <laughs> I, can someone define it? Be, like, Brock, you got something on that? Oh, the humorous side is every time I hear Jamstack, I think Jammin and I think Bob Marley. I don't know why. So I say you see oh, Jamstack with regular music. I, I don't, I, I don't know yeah. why. It's just where my mind goes. Yeah. Um, Jamstack. It's it's an acronym. Jam is an it's like JavaScript, JavaScript, JavaScript APIs, APIs, uh -huh. and markup. Markup, yes, thank you. Um, and it's essentially anything that uses that platform, but more so that can be statically delivered. I think that's, yeah, to me, the differentiator is that it's like pre-rendered and serving up static content. 
yeah. uh, which is odd because APIs is in there as well. So it can do stuff. It's not just static HTML. Uh, yeah. so it's a layer beyond that, but it's I think it's the static nature that yeah. identifies it as Jamstack. So like when we're talking about static apps, um, are we basically talking about like the way the web was before spas? Question mark. I mean, not really, because because before spas, there's so much in the Jamstack. Like it's hard to it's hard to really say it's J A M. Like the Jamstack title just does not encapsulate what it is. So I'm not in love with the name, to be honest. But and that's a good question, Alyssa, because when I started hearing all this, I'm like, yo, dude, <clears throat> I was like, I was doing static sites friggin' before the Angular and um, the Angular Jazz even. So why, why are we going back in time? Like, mm. um, this yeah, seems- so could, if you could tell me the difference, because my husband the other day was ranting at me. He's like, everybody keeps talking about this like it's a big deal, but that we were all, we were always doing it that way. Like, this is yeah, new. like so we what- did this before. Why <laughs> right. do it again? Yeah. Is the pendulum really back? Like, did I- we just waste a decade. I think it starts with that, right? As you start yeah. to delve in what was the Jamstack, it starts with this concept of let's grasp the beginning. And the beginning yeah. is back in the day, we would have server side rendered content sites, right? And yeah. then that server would do some stuff and then it would deliver us HTML file, um, deliver yeah. us that would then reference CSS and JavaScript. And then it would do, there'd be some interactivity on the page, right? But that would be the same concept that we used to have, which is kind of like, a static at that point and when it's in the client side it's kind of all ready to go at that point yeah no spa right so it starts with that but it's so much more right? yeah but i mean even to like to Alyssa's point back in the day like if i clicked on a button and a modal was going to appear that would do a full page reload and download the same exact html but now with a modal on top right like so it was like that page was statically generated with a modal on it now but here's the thing is, even though that seems static, that was just server-side generation. That wasn't actually statically generated. That was being generated real-time by um, code up on the server. So that wasn't static-side generation. That was that was server-side rendering. And and then we moved to client-side rendering, right? And that's what, that's what our Angular apps are and our Ember apps and our React and our Vue apps. They're CSR versus SSR. So we, we moved from SSR to heavily looking at CSR. And CSR, I think most of us can be like, dude, it changed our careers, right? Like for most of us, CSR changed our life and there's no debating that. Here's the cool thing. When, when you did SSR, your indexed HTML, you couldn't put that on a CDN because it didn't, didn't exist until someone wanted it. So if anyone wanted to come to your website, they had to come from wherever they were on on the on the big blue sphere of Earth, and they had to travel across that to wherever your server was on the on, on that blue sphere, and and get the thing from that, and then travel that all the way back to them, right? So there's not a lot of optimization in that, and there's a bunch of fail points, but it's it's uh, it's not great. And in the last ten years, these things have evolved called CDNs, and they're wicked fast. So if I could put my index HTML on a CDN, that would be way faster than serving it from my own server. And so we we started to do that with client side rendering, right? Like we put all our JavaScript and our index HTMLs and our CSS, right? Hey, fork, send those all out to the CDN, all of them. 
and um and then it's really close to you wherever you are on the blue sphere it's you have a cdn point that's close to you so it's very your website got a lot faster does that make sense so yeah. so you're a lot closer to getting something but here's i i, I want to talk a little bit about because you keep on mentioning cdn i think yeah. we need to explain because some people may not be familiar exactly what that is what is how it's advantageous yeah so just a quick explanation it's a content delivery network and I think the main word that we're going to be focused on here is content um, as we get uh, further into this discussion today. But what it allows you to do is have that same content deployed to multiple servers around the world that is geographically closer, therefore faster uh, to load and uh, get responses back to get your content back. Yeah. And as we talk about content, we're going to be talking a little bit more about static content. Yeah. So to 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 take what what to put put a practical example on what Brocky just described. So you do an ng build, ng build spits out four or five JavaScript files. If you're lazy loading, maybe several dozen JavaScript files, one index.html and some CSS, right? Like that's what the ng build gives you. And I can put that either on my server and then you got to travel all the way around the sphere to get to it, or I can put it on a CDN like Firebase or, or Cloudflare or Akamai. Or I can, there's a lot of them. And as long as you put it in a CDN, those CDNs, they're like, I'm going to put this all over the blue sphere so that it's close to everybody. And they, they their job, their profession, it's got content delivery network. They copy your NG build and they put it everywhere. So you don't have to like, man, I got to get this in Asia in 85 places. I got to get this in the in, in, in the east part, east part of the United States. And like, you don't have to worry about where it is because they take care of that, right? That's the, that's what they get paid to do. And they're really good at it. And they G-zip it and like they take care of all sorts of stuff that everyone normally needs to do when they get, when they have these assets. So that's what a CDN is, right? And they just need to worry about content. Like Mike was saying, like they're delivering the content. It's not like they have to have uh, node servers running, yeah. you know, processing the server side stuff everywhere. It's just the content that they have to worry about delivering everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we moved from SSR to CSR, server side rendering and client side rendering, all of our assets could be served from a CDN, which our websites, A, they got faster because they were rendering with JavaScript. And so I didn't have to like bottleneck all of my users through just a handful of, of web servers. They could they could all just generate it. However many users I had, they their their machines were paying to generate my website because the JavaScript is doing it, right? So everything got a lot faster, like just inherently. Um, and everything got a lot cheaper. Like I remember working on an app that every Monday we had to scale up to like 12 production servers. And then on Tuesday, we could shut back down to one until next Monday. And so, but it wasn't just Monday in the United States. Like it was Monday starting where like the timeline ticks. And so like it was it was a bit of a mess to try and make sure we had coverage. But once we switched that to a, a CSR app, then we could run one, we could run on one uh, server all week. And so a lot of things got a lot cheaper and easier when we did that. But here's, then we progressed. We progressed. And... Um, we said, Hey, mobile devices exist now and they're everywhere. Right. And people are, that's now kind of their default inter interface to the internet is their mobile device for a lot of people, not everybody, but there are households that don't have computers and their only interface is their phone. And we decided, Hey, 
two, three, four megabits of JavaScript and CSS, that's actually too much to put on a mobile device. And JavaScript frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, all of them, there's not an exception to this, what I'm about to say. They all make it very easy to ship way too much code to your user. Like they all make it, they help you do not that, but they also inherently make it easy to do that. Like that's why they exist. And so someone came up with the idea of, hey, mobile devices have to download four megs or at least a meg of stuff before you can see anything because these JavaScript apps don't have anything in them. Their index HTML is just empty. Am I right? Like in an Angular and a React and a Vue app, the, the, the body doesn't have anything in it besides one component and that, get, that component gets rendered once the app turns on. Anyway, um, and so someone thought, I don't know who it was, they're smarter than me. They said, what if we pre-rendered that and we just saved the pre-rendered HTML and CSS as a view? And that would only be about 20 kilobytes. Are you talking about like universal? Um, no, because universal is still server-side rendering. I still have to travel across the blue sphere to get this stuff. So I'm definitely not talking about universal. Universal is not Jamstack at all. Okay. It, with Angular 9, there's some features that help make Jamstack with universal easier. But let's talk about that in a second if we can. Um, the typical universal where you ship Node out into production that's not jam at all. Like having runtime node servers with PM2 so that when they crash, cause they're going to crash, you got, they restarted. Like it just, it gets to be a DevOps nightmare anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, and, well, to, to be clear though, that solution may work in lots of scenarios. Totally. You may have run into problems with it, but it does help with certain, um, things, whether or not you're doing SEO optimization and things like that, that, server-side rendering through Angular Universal is a completely viable solution. It's good, though, to know that it isn't what we're talking about because yeah. I, I was getting them mixed up in my head. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. If you need Universal, you know it, and you're probably already using it. But yeah, this is this is all really good conversation because no one sat down and gave me the one, two, three like this when I was starting. And so, um, so uh We were talking about something. I feel like I, I'm having deja vu with Justin. Right something now. interesting. And you mentioned the idea of pre rendering. Okay. So, what exactly does pre rendering okay. mean? So, if I look at your Angular app and I, I like, I look at one of your views and I say, hey, I'm going to pre render this. And rather than make them not see anything until they download all of the Angular JavaScript and CSS, I'm going to pre render it. So, as soon as they come to the index, they're going to get all this pre rendered stuff. But then Angular is going to download in the background and it's going to switch what they see with an Angular version of it. So it's going to take the pre-rendered static HTML and switch it back off for this real, real-time real Angular app that we already know and love that we've been using for years. Does that make sense? But the benefit is, and this is a serious benefit, and this is one of the one of the big benefits. It's not the biggest. It's might not, it might be the biggest, but it's one of them. I just saw your app in 20 kilobytes of download versus a meg of download or two megs. And, and, and we've all worked on those clients where it's two or three megs probably, you know? And so the user can start interacting with my app after 20 or 30 kilobytes versus thousands of kilobytes. So we're talking on order, like how much faster you're talking 20, 30, 50 times faster to download this and start seeing stuff. So, 
when you get on desktop, you're still going to see it, but it might be negligible. When you're on mobile, you will definitely notice a difference. Like there's no way you don't see this app was pre-rendered. So whenever I hear about this, I always imagine it's, it's like providing something for the user to see before we like the angular app loads in, but you just said, and interact with. So like yeah. if they start scrolling, what happens once it loads in, does it jump back up to the top or? It, yeah, it could be a little wonky and, and you, you have to start making affordances for that in your app. Like maybe when you say, Hey, when we pre-render, maybe we pre-render to this point. Right. And then we stop because we don't want any of that janky interaction ish that can happen when you're in that scenario. True. Mm, okay. And so you get, you get to tune your pre-rendering story. Not every story is the same. Okay. And imagine like, imagine Alyssa, me and you, we've talked about this like a dozen times. We're going to open a, a business to sell donuts and we have our donut website. Right. And we have a shopping cart, everything on our website, we can pre-render except for the shopping cart. So there's pieces that you say, we don't pre-render that because, you know, I don't know what Justin put in his shopping cart, right? And 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 maybe this person, <laughs> this other person, they don't have anything in theirs. And so I can't pre-render the cart. I mean, but I can pre-render the rest list of, it. of donuts. I don't know if anybody yeah, wants to see that. Put chocolate old fashions in there, just preload it with that. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Okay. No, that totally makes sense, Frosty. Yeah. So you you everyone tunes their their pre-render story. You say, hey. In this scenario, why don't you NGF that out while we pre-render it? And then when the Angular turns on, that Boolean needs to be a true and we'll we'll NGF it in. Okay, so who is Scully? How does it what? plug into I know I'm horrible. Alyssa. <laughs> the truth All I know is Scully equals static. And I'm like, yeah. I don't need a static website, so I don't need to learn about Scully, and that's where my story ends. The truth is out there, Alyssa. Have you ever watched it? Do you know the X Files? You don't know. All right. Oh, you're talking about oh that Scully. Yeah. The truth no. is out there. Dana <laughs> Scully. All right. As a, as a as a kid, Dana was uh, Dana Scully was a really important character. I loved that show a lot, and she's also one of the many like power female protagonists that we all have examples of nowadays. And Scully was one of the first, and I loved her. And so I thought she. She was like, you're saying she's a protagonist in that story? You're not an antagonist. She's a protagonist. She's the person you're rooting for. Yeah, yeah. She's totally the hero. Her and Fox Mulder are the heroes of this story. Yeah, totally. And so, so when we came, when it came time to to for the group at Hero Devs to name our product, we're like, hey, we're calling this thing Scully. Anyway, um, so Scully is a way for Angular developers to do what we're talking about because it's it's not very easy to do. And um, we have we've we've watched as Vue and React communities have been like, hello, we're all in. Let's do this opening. Like, let's do it all day long. And we've even watched as many of our fellow Angular developers have been like, yo, I just want to do my blog with Markdown and Angular Gats zero. I'm out going to the Gatsby. And, and we've watched a lot of our a lot of our buddies, and they're still Angular developers, but they're like, I do all my blog stuff in the other thing because the other thing has the things that I need. It's and specifically it has markdown support. Angular hasn't had this stuff. Oh, and it has pre-rendering support. And Angular's like, well, pre-rendering hashtag what is it? Hashtag sounds cool. Hashtag cute. Like and we don't know what it means. And so like we're having this conversation and people are learning because they don't know. And so we largely haven't really cared. 
Now is the time that we care because now we have two really good options for this. And we're going to talk about the big one, which is Scully right now. So one of the things that I really like about the solution, because we've talked at length about this, um, is that it's not a universally applied concept. You don't have to do it wholesale. Yeah. It doesn't have to be everything. The shopping cart example is a really good piece. And yeah. I think people need to be aware of this tool and what it can do for them. But at the same time, realize that it's a tool that you may or may not use within your application. If yeah. everything on your application is dynamic, all of the data is dynamic. You don't know any of it at build time or pre-render time, then you know what? Maybe the tool is not right for you yeah. or your application. Yeah. Like if, if, if a hundred percent of your app lives behind a login screen and every person who logs in is going to get a, a super different experience with every piece of every view is different for every user. You're not a great, um, you're not a great candidate for a pre-rendered app. You're just not. But a lot of us, you know, work at sites like banks and airlines and, and e-com sites and just places where people make money and there's a ton of of things that are not behind a login screen. And it's almost always going to be the same thing, right? Like every client comes in, makes an HTTP request with Angular, gets the exact same thing that they're going to show out of the exact same database that the last person, and then the Angular goes, hello, and like scrapes it up into HTML and like, here you go. You know what I'm saying? And so if you could pre-render that, it's much faster. And um, so yeah, one, so one of the big things is people see your site very quickly, Alyssa. That's like one of the biggest things. And that's, depending on who your company is, that is the biggest thing, is people don't have a five, six, 10 second delay before they see something. They see something stat, like it's there. You know what I'm saying? And for mobile users, if you have a 50% fall off of conversion between your mobile and your desktop site, that's you're talking about millions of dollars is what we're talking about. So just seeing something faster for mobile users is, even though you didn't have to change your Angular app at all to use Scully, the fact that your mobile users just saw it faster meant that maybe 15% more of them stayed around and actually used your site and clicked purchase on something. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... That's that's what we're talking about. That's why the speed really matters. And go sorry, go ahead. No, no, finish finish up with your thought. I'm I was just gonna say companies like um, um, Amazon and companies like Google and and Microsoft. They'll tell you as n increases, n being the number of seconds since they request your page, you'll lose X percent of your revenue. Like, and they and they've tracked that. And as you can reduce n to the lowest possible number revenue conversions will improve by x and like so a lot of big companies have shared their their slider data around when 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 load time speeds up we get better when load time slows down and a lot of companies like google have really taken one for the team and artificially throttled and said look these people convert x percent slower when we artificially throttled the internet and so they like they have hard data they know when you slow down you make less money and so that's like the that's like the first big benefit but there's other big benefits that we can talk about as well um, so yeah, can you name like one just so I have an idea? Because all I can yeah. think of now is this. <laughs> okay, so that's one big benefit. So all right, so before you get into other benefits, um, I want to be clear about one of the things that 
people will get in their head when they hear pre-rendered. Pre-rendered, yeah. and we're talking about static content that gets delivered, uh, but yeah. that's just for initial load. The Angular application that you're writing actually gets booted up and the JavaScript gets loaded and you have that dynamic nature of your application with the benefits of loading static content and of having static pre-rendered data there as well. Yeah. Because I think some people have that notion of, oh, well, I'm just pre-rendering the application and I'm all I'm getting is static HTML and then full page reloads on it. Yeah, so it's not an Angular app anymore? Like, that's the question. So yeah. where did Angular go? I need my Angular because I need the modal and I need, you know, it is still the Angular. It, it goes from static to Angular and you didn't have to do anything. That's the magic. It, it goes, pew, pew. did you hear it? No, do one more time. Pew, pew. That's the noise yeah. it makes. You can customize that noise, but that's like the noise that makes <laughs> on, the, on the clients. Is that like a MIDI that ships with our price? It's crazy. It's frosty noise. It's on, yeah, yeah. Out on NPM. Or you know, it is about time we started bringing audio back into the web. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Hmm. No, we need it back. We totally need it back. Um. So anyway, that's, yeah, to, 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 to Brocky's point, it got pre-rendered, but then angular turned on and it's angular still so and then when you go from the first route that they loaded to the second route that wasn't a full page though that was that was just angular doing doing its routing thing so it's just for that that initial page loading for now that could change the the the, the second and third routes that could change but for now it's still just gonna be angular so so yeah anyway uh another one of the big benefits i want to talk about listen when people use angular universal one of the really cool things they can do is they can make an API call on the server and they can get some data. And then as they pre-render this website, they can embed that data into the web page and then they ship it down to the client. So the client gets the fully rendered, pre-rendered HTML Angular page, right? And then once the Angular turns on, it doesn't actually have to go back to the server to get that data. They can use what's called transfer state. So you can actually, as the page is generated, you can cache some data. So you don't have to make those calls to your server in production. So imagine the big blue sphere thing again, okay? Um, so let's say I put my, my, my app on a CDN and um, that app calls to the donuts API for our business, Alyssa, yeah? So now, that API call, they got to come clear around the sphere again, right? To my server to get the API call. And then they got to go clear around back to, to get the donuts back to them. Does that make sense? But imagine if during the Scully build, I could say, hey, every user is going to make the same call. So call and cache it, save it in the, save it in the page. And so then when it gets delivered to the client, they see the donuts. And then when Angular turns on, Angular says, I'm a pre-rendered app i'm not i'm not i'm like i'm a real boy and it's like um i got no strings on me i'm just gonna pull the data out of the cache that's in the page i don't need to go back to the server to get this call so you you can add some conditional logic that says if i'm in scully go to the database and get the data and cache it on the page if i'm not in scully anymore that means scully cached in the page so i'll just pull it out of that page cache does that make sense and so you get the you get the benefit of they don't have to travel around the blue sphere to get their data anymore. They can just get it straight out of the page. Now, here's the other thing, because that's just on the initial page load. 
Now let's now imagine I go to route two, right? So I'm going from the first route to the next route. Scully will Scully that next page when Scully generated that next page, it also cached that next page's data in it. But since you're not using Scully to, to load that, that next page, you're using Angular. Scully is super cool though, because it will go to that next page, pull the cache out, bring it back down and get it ready for you. But here's the really cool thing. It got it off of a CDN. It didn't have to travel around the blue sphere to get it. Do that make sense? So it's very, very efficient and very, very fast when compared to, um, a, a, a non scully angular app and these are these are just like two or three lines of code to change that 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 kind of i was wondering what like what kind of um for conf to configure that is that a a lot on you or is it all magic that it's just doing no there's some on you i mean like i said everyone's story is is their own right they're their pre-render stories their own like um um so if i if i say hey i don't like that it's pre-rendered and has the donuts, but then Angular also turns on it and it makes a call to the server to get the donuts a second time, even though they were already there. Like, I don't like that. And if that's you, you don't like that it makes a second call for the data that it already had, then we just give you this tool to say, all right, I'm opted in some to some optimizations. And you go and you just go, you just flip a couple bits, deep doot, deep doot, a couple lines of code, bits flipped and optimization in place and you're good to go and it's actually really really we, we copied the the, the the concept from angular universal and the api it's actually called the same thing it's called transfer state and so it works very much the same but yeah I'm, i mean i can show an example here in a few minutes but yeah so that's another big example is and, and that example Eliza, has multiple benefits a i don't have to ship that api to production anymore which means my production cost just went down because my server's not going to get hit that many times. It also means I don't have to secure that API anymore, which means my security and my, my attack vector possibly went down, right? And so there's that as well. And then also um, just the performance benefit of, of the app got faster. So you may make more money because your users are happier because ish is just ish is just working quicker. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, that makes sense. I love it. I want to see some stuff. Do you have anything to show us today as far as is, is it scully, scully bits? Yeah. So so <laughs> there's there's two main steps. Let me explain scully a little bit deeper. So do you guys care if I share my screen real quick? Woo. Okay. Tell me when you guys can see this. It's on. Okay. Alive. So um scully set a site generator. So um before Scully, you had one indexation mode. Just with Angular, you're like, ah, I got an indexation mode. That's all I got. That's all you know. Cool. After Scully, you're going to have a ton of indexation modes. You're going to have like a lot of them. And they're all pre-rendered for the view that they correspond to. Okay. So before you had indexation mode, now you've got one indexation mode for every route that, that the Scully found in your app. Does that make sense? Um, and so that's kind of interesting because you're like, huh. That doesn't seem like an optimization. Let me keep going. Um, the new indexation was about 26 kilobytes for like the default out of the box Angular app. The old one was only 1K. It was actually smaller than 1K. So you're kind of like, dude, it's 26 times bigger. How is that better? How is 26 times bigger for there's like indexation better? Well, here's why. That 26, the 26K contains everything. The, the Angular app actually has to download about 400K more JavaScript 
to, to, to even to even be able to show you anything. So you're talking about 20x improvement there, or like a 17 to 18x improvement, 26k versus 400k. It's, it's much, much smaller. Um, and there's two steps in this process. Uh, and you guys feel free to jump in and cut me off if if, if I'm if I'm losing or trailing off. There's two steps the angular or the scully needs to do. The first one is it needs to find all your routes, right? And it's like, hey, help me find your routes. And the other one is once it knows all your routes, it's going to generate them all. And so those are the two steps that like, as you're like, hey, I need to help Scully do this. Those are the two steps you need to help out with. And so we have a plugin system, right? And so you can write router plugins to help find the routes and you can write render plugins that help find the, the, the render, uh, to help render the app. And let me kind of give an example of a router plugin, okay, of the first one. So- I Sorry, go uh, ahead. I'm going to get into it. Come again? I was going to ask a question, but I think you're about to answer it. So I'm not going to ask it. Oh, okay, cool. Answer the question I didn't ask. Yeah. So as as Scully's doing that first step, I need to find all your routes. It, it's going to go through your Angular code source and it's going to be like, hello, I found the base route. I found the about route. found the dashboard route. found the user route. But what in the world is the user's user ID route? Like, I don't know all the possible combinations of that route. To, to render that. So I need, I need a human to tell me what are all the routes. Okay. So this, this, this route that we have in angular where it has like a colon ID in it in Scully, we call this an unhandled route and you need to handle that. So you got to take all your handled routes and turn them into or unhandled routes and turn them into handled routes. That's so weird. I thought you would just ignore those. We could, and we <laughs> do by default. If you don't, if you don't configure it, it will say, Oh, I don't know what this is. And it skips it. It tells you that like with the accent and everything, it's cool. <laughs> and, um, but if you write a plugin, so you take that, that route, you add a user plugin and maybe that user plugin is like, ah, the IDs are in, in WordPress or they're in, they're in Postgres or Firebase or they're on, they're somewhere. And you're, so your plugin just goes and gets them. And then it turns that unhandled route into a list of handled routes. So it says, hey, you want users one, users two, and users three. So that's kind of that's kind of what a user plugin is gonna do. Does that make sense? Or that's what a that's what a route plugger, a route plugin helps you do. It helps you teach Scully to resolve your routes with the with the with the parameterized data inside. But the end goal is just a file with a list of all possible routes yes yeah so that's your first of the two steps that scully is trying to do your first one is i got to teach this thing how to do all my routes and so yeah you're you're giving it an assist to find out all your different routes so that is the end goal of like a router plugin so there's a ton more there's a ton more uh stuff going on uh at this point i'm just gonna say hey go to scully.io if you want to read more about this okay and um if you guys would like, I can um, do some of the code. Can I you guys want the code? Questions? Why don't you guys ask a couple questions while I get the code running? Deal? So, um, first of all, you did answer my the question I was about to ask. So good job answering the question I didn't ask. Yes. <laughs> Secondly, at what level do you configure Scully? Is it at a repo level, an application level, at a potential library level? And the reason the reason I ask is that if I generate, say, a feature module that has all the user stuff within it, and I want multiple applications that have this functionality, 
and I want it all to be pre-rendered. Is it, there a way to write it so that that Scully configuration or that plugin can be shared alongside with a library or is that not a thing? Yeah, I mean, the 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 plugin config, the Scully config is just, um, it's just JavaScript file, just .js. So if you have some configuration, you're like, hey, I need to share this between three apps that are all using uh, this uh, features stuff that, that Brocky wrote. You can share that out as a file that, as like a lib that all people who need to build their three apps with Mike's feature stuff can all use the same Scully config. And you can, so you can share your bits the same way you share your Webpack config bits. It's okay. very, very similar to the Webpack config. Like if you understand what a Webpack config looks like, okay, then you're going to understand what a Scully config looks like. It's very, very similar. That makes sense. Okay. So roll back. Here, but I don't have to. True. Yep. True. All right. So, um, let me roll back a couple changes real quick. I'm going to delete these as well. Remind me what the slide said. There was two steps. First one was route. Second one was... Second one was rendering. Rendering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, um, all right. So, let me share. Hold on. I got I to gotta delete this. I have another question for you. Okay. Go ahead. So one of the things that you mentioned that these people in the Angular community were leaving Angular for their blogs to use Gatsby or something else uh, similar for just their blogs, even though they are Angular developers, um, was the ability to render Markdown. Okay. That's something you, uh, hey, okay. Is that something you could handle, Mr. Disappearing Act? <laughs> I'll just get, right, he stepped away. He's gone. He doesn't love us anymore. He, he wanted us to field this question. Mm, okay, okay. So does it help that I was asking a question that I knew the answer to? Yes, it does. It does. Oh my gosh, answer it already. I want to know. <laughs> so the ability to render Markdown does come um, packaged uh, within Scully. It's one of the plugins that comes. And you can... You can start it out, you can configure, you can run, a, I think, a schematic, right, to add the blog feature to it? Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily have to be blogs. It's I think it's part of the uh, folder content that will um, automatically convert Markdown to HTML for you. Okay, guys, I'm back. Sorry. I, I had to drop off for a second. I'm totally still here, though. Okay. Um what just happened was normal. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into, into uh, presentation mode so everyone can see my code a little bit better. All right, so let me let me share my screen. I don't know. Here we are. Okay. Um, all right. So this is this is an Angular app. This is a test Angular app. I'm gonna show everybody how to um, install the Scully onto uh, uh, an app. Oi, your font is the size of a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's too small. I, I, I'm in presentation mode. I've tried to make it. Okay, maybe it's fine. I'm just blind. As big as I could. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Lisa likes it. Okay. Where? Cool. Okay. So yeah, tell me where are we? Okay. Yeah. So let, let's 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 actually serve this app up just so you can be like, what are we even gonna do today? Okay. Ng serve. Right. So let's come over here and get this gentleman. You come 
All right. So let's go to our localhost 2000, localhost 4200. Okay. So here's our test app. All right. So this app has a home route, has an about route, has a user's route. Come on. There's an API call here that's going to take forever today. I'm so sick of this API. Sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's not. What uh, what API? It's called Typey Code. Yeah. Um, pending. Come on, you. So anyway, there's a bunch of users at the end of this pending request. I promise. <laughs> and so this is actually going to be super not cool when, uh, when we go to build our Scully because the Scully build is also going to be murdered by this delay. Anywho. So we also have, I think their IDs are one. Okay. Anyway, so awesome. Uh, the, the API I'm using, this is why I'm building a donuts app. I literally scraped Chris Cream's website so that I don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> so, um, all right. I don't know why it's taking so long. I apologize. Anyway. So long days around that big, big blue sphere though. So yeah. I don't know what's it with type because this is a good time. I got to rewrite this demo. Anyway, just know there's a list of users in this view that you can't see right now. Let me, let me show you the angular code. So you're like, all right, users.component. Okay. So this users component, um, it's got its users. So this thing just gets the users from that typey code. And then it just kind of lists them out and you can click into each one by their ID. Okay. So that's all of that users that's taking forever to load. Oh, good. It eventually timed out perfect that's that's like exactly what i was hoping would happen um how is many, it, how many users is it loading Good ten, Lord. 10 10 i'm gonna copy this copy link it. i'm gonna put it in the chat you guys try and load that in your browser see how long it takes <laughs> ten see users? if you guys works better than mine okay yeah mine's just hanging so the type code api is dead like so, instantly I instantly have those. I don't. You, they're like, I can copy paste them in the chat for you. I don't. You know instantly why. have them. Yes. <laughs> they're not that big of users either. What's wrong with your network? <laughs> Sorry. Kidding. Oh, there. Okay. Let's refresh. <laughs> Come on. Are you serious? Alyssa's just works. Mine doesn't work. I know what it is. I know what it is. You bad mouth typey codes API so many times. <laughs> you blacklisted. I love them. <laughs> I use them. Maybe I got deeper. I haven't. Um, How many times do you run this demo? Maybe too many. Uh, no, hits. dude. Like yeah. today, like zero times. Right. We're, we're at a total of point one. <laughs> He's like daily. I'm only pinging him like 200 times. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> All right. So it's literally like 30, 40 seconds for me. What do we do? Do I turn off my here? Let me turn off my Wi-Fi, maybe, because I have a hardwire. Oh. Okay, I was like, wait, 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 wait! Don't turn it off. <laughs> Quick, ask him a question before he goes away. <laughs> I turned off Z Wi-Fi. Oh, you like literally made my heart skip a beat when you said you were gonna turn off your Wi-Fi. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> oh, I have a hardwire. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Let's just so that this podcast isn't a total fail. Let's just pretend it's working. Can you guys pretend with me? I'm with you. I okay. see those. Users. I'm good at pretending. So let's do this. Okay. So there's a list of users right here and you can see them all. And the first one is named Leanne. Cool. Right. 
if we click on Leanne, it takes us to Leanne's page. This is the app that we're going to pre-render, okay? So let's walk through this. The first thing we want to do is we want to add Scully to our app. So we we made a, we made a schematic. So you're just going to say ng add at scully.io slash init. So that's that's there, okay? So I'm going to run this, and um, everything else in the world is fast besides typey code, right, computer? Oh, dude, is it because I'm sharing my screen? Dude, you my computer. Like, my computer like freaks sometimes when I share what? my screen. What are you on? What kind of computer are you on? Just a Mac? Yeah, the Mac. Oh, I didn't hit enter. There we go. Okay, cool. Uh, yo, when you hit enter, like that's part of the um, things that you have to do in the in, in to set it up is you have to enter eventually. Um, yeah, you were asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So what it did is like, hello, I'm adding this in. I'm giving you the Angular nine version instead of the Angular eight. Um, adding some polyfills, but I'm skipping it because it's already there. Doing a couple updates. It updates your package, your app module, because it has to add a dependency, a global dependency for Scully in there. And then it just says, the, main, the most important part is it made your Scully config, okay? So I'm gonna show everybody ye old Scully config. So if we open this up and we say, hello, what are you? So here's your Scully config. Super. Wow, super I was expecting a lot more. Super non-intimidating, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's try it. Okay. So let's do this. Angie build before you run Scully, you have to do a build and then we'll say NPM run Scully and Scully is going to take this config and pre-render your website. So I'm just going to do this live and it's going to render all the views except for the ones that have the user ID in them. Okay. And it's going to tell us that though. It's going to say, Hey, I don't know. Uh, I'm out. I don't got, I don't got, I don't have what you need me to have. I'm out. You said it just like skips it by default. Yeah. So okay. it's, it, it's like, hello, in orange. I don't know. I'm out. Skipping. Okay. But it's rendering. And now it's rendering probably the user's route, which is why it's taking so long because the typey code API. So this, this render is eventually going to uh, probably time out and die. Because it's running your actual site at that oh, point. Yeah. If the user's mm. visiting it. That's how we're pre that's pre-rendering it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to make that call. Yeah. That so, yeah. So it found in my app, it found the home route, the about route, the user's route, and it also found this, but it didn't know what to do with it. So it said I'm skipping it. Okay. So let's go and see what it rendered. I want you guys to see that yeah, it totally rendered it. So up here we have actually. Ah, this is the last. I got to delete this. Sorry. We're going to do it one more time. Okay. Sorry. NPM. Because it had like the full thing. NPM runs Scully. We're not going to do the build. We don't need. You only need to do the NG build if you change your Angular code. When we're not changing our Angular code yet. So, so yeah. All right. So, did home about. And then it's going to take 15 more seconds to finish this. And then um, we can, I can go ahead and we can, we can start looking at this. So we can actually look at like the about route. So if you look at about, let's go ahead and pull it up. And I'm going to do code, free format code. Okay. So if you look at this, this is actually not a default Angular app. This is a pre-rendered Angular app. This index.html for the about. It's got the header that was in there. Remember how up top we had our three links, right? It's got those three links up top. 
and then it has the router outlet and it has the app about component. So there's actually a, a pre-rendered app, okay? And if we go into now, we should have the users, but I'm not optimistic about what's going to be in the on. Wait, so these, all these files were just created, correct? Yes. And who's the bud? that's saying you're going to use these before this loads like where is that being spoken to um what do you mean sorry i don't understand your question who's saying to this application you're gonna like use these static files first and then you're gonna load in this stuff whenever it comes like is yeah that so so currently um, we all probably use like an Nginx or an IIS, which is like a Windows thing, or we're using Apache to serve up our stuff, right? And when someone comes to a route, like if they come to um, slash, we, we all have rules for our Angular apps. So like if someone comes to our website and they say slash Aaron and Alyssa's donuts.com slash about, there is no there is no file there called about. But we have a web server that goes, I have a rule that says if you request any route, I just return the index.html, right? And so there's like a rule out there that already says, no matter what they request, return the index.html. You're gonna have to, you're gonna reconfigure your server to say, hey, this isn't a spa anymore. If someone requests slash uh, Aaron and Alyssa's donuts.com slash about, check to see if there's an about slash index. If there's not, then go back to the, to the default index. So you do have some devops stuff that you're gonna do, but most of these servers are already ready to say, if someone asks for about, give them the about index.html. Or if someone requests users, check for user slash index.html. And if that's there, then do that. So most of these web servers are already kind of configured to do that stuff. Anyway, so here's our users. If I come into here, I'm guessing it's going to say, hey, I died and I couldn't do anything, but let's let's do code, reformat. Uh, yeah, so the, N the, the NG4 timed out and nothing got rendered. So um, that's it's perfect. It's exactly as a person building an open source project, what you hope happens when you present this stuff is what's happening right now. So this is perfect. Um, everything is well today, sir. Anyway, um, so just know there should be there should be a list of ten things here. Brocky, are you with me? He's giving Brocky, you're giving us too serious of a face, and it, it's concerning us. It's very. <laughs> it's concerning, bro. All right. Okay. All right. So here's what's happening. Um, this should work. We're so remember we're pretending. So you see those ten things that are pre-rendered there. That's because it's working. All right. But if you remember, <laughs> thank you guys. You guys are great at, at helping me pretend this out. Um, because again, Scully is working. This is a this is my third party API, bro. This is not me, right? And this is a public API, so I apologize. And for some reason, it works great. And this is the problem with the big blue sphere is some regions it works great, and some regions like I'm dead. So so that's the problem. Anyway, um, so let's go ahead and teach Scully. How much more time do we have, by the way? 10 minutes? Nah, a little less than that. Probably okay. about five minutes. Okay. I'm going to teach Scully how to do this, okay? So we're going to make a plugin. We're going to say, hey, when you come to a route, users slash um, user ID, 
Oh, sorry, it was just ID. When you come to that route, I want you to do um, use a plugin called the Angular Air uh, User ID plugin. Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and make this real quick. Thanks for being patient, everyone. So we're going to say const register plugin is equal to require at scully.io scully. Okay, so we're going to, we have to have this register plugin function. So we're going to make our function. Um, function, my function is equal, uh, sorry, not doing error functions. Now this function just returns a promise with those. Remember, it's going to take, it's going to get the unhandled route here. And it needs to turn that into a, an array of handled routes. Remember I said that? So I'm just going to return a promise here with this array just to kind of get through this demo. Okay. So we're going to say promise dot um, resolve. And I'm going to give it something I want it to resolve to. And we're going to say route is equal to users slash one. And we'll say two, three, and we'll say four. And we could we can we can go all the way up as high as we want. Five. I'm just gonna delete them because Justin's like, dude, you run out of time, don't do it. And then we're gonna we're gonna say, yeah, see, he's tapping the, the wrist, it's stressing me out so <laughs> bad right now. All right. Okay, so, so real quick, you said I'm gonna use a promise here just so we can get through this as opposed to as opposed to actually doing a fetch call to the type e code API and getting the array of the users and then taking that array and turning it into these objects. Okay. Okay. Just to get through this, rather than go to the server, because we all know the server's dead. I'm with you. Right? Gotcha. So this is true serverless at this point. It's not true serverless. There's no such thing. Anyway, um, okay. So we're gonna let's go to register our plugin. We're gonna say, hey, this is a router plugin, and it's called um, what did I call it? The AA user ID plugin. Okay. And we're gonna use the my function as the function for this plugin, and then just hand wave and ignore this last one, okay. It's a, it's a validator function. Just ignore it, please. Thank you. All right. So now at this point, we have our, our plugin. So now when I render this, we're going to do one more build. And this time, it's not going to give us that, hey, I didn't find the thing about the place at the time with a guy and just skipping. It's not going to give us that. It's going to actually see it, and it's going to try and render it now. Okay? So it's going to take – these are all going to time out, but um, we're going to pretend that they worked. and. Um, but it, it, you will see it's going to render one, two, three, four, and five, and that's just because that's how easy it is to call. So if you can make a promise that can return these objects, and you can also call a server that can return a thing that you could then map into an array of these objects, then you're ready to make Scully plugins. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Okay. So here's this thing. So it rendered all the apps. If we come up here into hey, users, hey, 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 guys, use your app, hey, uh, code reformat. Um, and the good news is that it, 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 it didn't render anything. So this is perfect. This is exactly what we were hoping. Um, cause we're still pretending the API is dead. Uh, that's all that we need to know is the API APIs are dead. So, but yeah, so you guys can see this worked if the API was working, uh, and I'm sorry, I had no foresight. Hopefully the users are as forgiving as you guys. Cause man, there's sometimes these live demos, dude. When, especially when you depend on a third party, you're you're just basically asking to get baked. So, anyway. so if, if I had the donut site, a competing donut site, Schwartz Donuts, and I wanted mm -hmm. to 
pre-render my pages for the five awesome donuts that I want to offer. But those five donuts I keep in a catalog in a database somewhere else. I could uh -huh. build this plugin and say, here's where that data is. Yeah. Run it. It would go at the time that I pre-render or pre-build it. And yeah. say, oh, give me the five donuts that are in the database right now from that call. Yeah. Those are the ones that I want to pre-render in terms of the routes. Yes. And you're going to need more than five donuts to compete with Alyssa and I. But yeah, we can uh, totally I, do. They're can... the five most top. Ever. Once you have one of these five donuts, <laughs> then you need the other four. Okay. It's like uh, in and out. We only sell yeah. a couple and, things, but we're busy all the time. So here's the cool thing about the plugins is it's just promises. Like I were like Gatsby, you have to learn GraphQL to kind of integrate with it and like make requests to the back end. With Angular, we don't care. You just make a call. Don't even make a call. Use an NPM module that makes the call. We don't care. Just give us a promise back when you're done. And all NPM modules that make calls are going to give you a promise back anyway. So your plugins are going to be just a few lines of code that probably use a, a third party. Like let's say Justin's in Justin's scenario, it's in Contentful or it's in um, somewhere else. Justin's just going to make a plugin that goes call Contentful, this, 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 this collection and give it back to me. And then do a map into these objects, and I'm done. So he's going to have like uh, three or four lines of code for his plugin. The plugins are extremely simple to write. Now, is the the place that you put that plugin? What what file was that? That was that's just in your Scully config. Yeah, is that so proper? Just, Are we fine with that, or do you like? Yeah, I mean, us put our plugins elsewhere. As I mean, anyone who's done a Webpack config, you've seen your Webpack config go to a monstrous size, right? an irresponsible size that you never should have ever let it get that big. And then you start to break it out into separate files. Scully configs to be similar. People will start doing this inline stuff and then eventually they'll move this, this whole section out into another file and then they'll just require in the plugins that they need and they'll be done. So, so yeah, but yeah, that's, I mean, these, these Scully configs are pretty simple. So I just want to let you know, I refreshed on that JSON placeholder typey code one, and it took like a billion years to do the second, the second call. So I'm wondering if it's like anything after the first one. All right. <laughs> Let's tempt fate because it just worked. It's working fast for me now. <laughs> We're tempting Z fate. Here, let's try it. No. Users? No. Dead. Sorry, in my other in my other tab, in my other tab, it's fast. So, okay, nice. so I've showed you not to use typey code, and I've showed you how to use Scully. Is there anything else? Can we maybe maybe that's the topic of today's uh, podcast? Is don't use typey code for like. <laughs> well, so okay, so where do people go for uh, to get started with Scully? That sort of thing. Yeah, so go to scully.io. Um, currently, that goes to our GitHub repo. That's uh, all of our docs are in 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 README markdowns. Um, we're currently building out our doc site, so if anyone wants to help, come over and help us get that get that going. But um, it will be a Scully app. Obviously, the doc site will be pre-rendered with Scully. It'll be Angular pre-rendered Scully. Uh, there's exciting stuff. Uh, Scully works with Angular JS too. Justin, did you know that? Like, I, I don't think I knew that. No. So you can render a JS website with Scully. You can render a React website with Scully. You can render a Vue website with Scully. So, um, wow. in case you guys didn't know this, Scully is wicked powerful. It has first class support for Angular. We're adding first class support for React and Vue because at that point, it's pinky in the brain time and we're just going to take over the world. And so. your plans for Ember? 
Ember? <laughs> oh, hey, we, we'll add first class for Ember as well. Don't tell your husband. But yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a live thing with, with Yehuda and we'll we'll get like full Ember support when we do it. So yes, please. And seriously, I know you were all like, oh, pretend this should be working right now. But like, I think you did a kick butt job today. This was one of my favorite demos that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, like as you're waiting for the demo to start working, we're just like, thanks. Thanks, Type Decode. Awesome. Yeah, thanks awesome. everybody. All right. Well, we're at the top of the hour. Let's okay. do some quick picks and then we'll we'll wrap it up. I didn't even check earlier, but uh, do any of our panelists have any picks? No one, no one, yes. Mike. Uh, I have a pick. I actually had to drop off last week's uh, show, uh, but I still have my pick from last week. Uh, GitHub re released a CLI. Uh, it's currently in beta. You can go to cli.github.com. So go check that out and you can interact with the issues directly from your command line. Nice. Cool. I love interacting with issues, especially from the command line. It's always good, right? I don't know if, I don't know if you're being facetious or... <laughs> Uh, share a link. All right, Frosty, our guest. Do you have All any right. picks? Three picks. Three picks. NGCon's coming up. It's going to be amazing. Alyssa's going to be there. Mike's going to be there. Justin's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Your favorite people are going to be there. Is Scully going to be there? Scully will be there with prizes. Scully's going to run the hack night. So Scully's going to hit 2,000 GitHub stars at NGConf, and you need to be part of that, okay? So come, come to NGConf. It's going to be crazy. The sponsors this year are gangbusters. It's going to be it's gonna be an awesome event. I, it's the first time you're ever going to get a chance to see Ivy live at a conference. You're not going to want to miss this, I promise. This is going to be where the, the, the annual community starts to change with Ivy. You're going to want to be there when it happens. You're going to want to be in the room where it happens, right? A quote from Hamilton, which is, it's it's the, it's musical themed this year, NGConf. So so get there. Anyway, second pick, one of my favorite speakers coming to NGConf. She's uh she was an immigrant from Venezuela to um. People are pointing. Oh, Mike nah. was. Oh no, 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 no. I, yeah, I thought Ad Mike was saying no, no. me. I'm your no, no, favorite. No, no. So Adriana, her name's Adriana. She's from Colombia. Well, she's from Venezuela. Lives in Colombia. She had to immigrate. Things are things are tough in Venezuela, so she went to Colombia, and then she started kicking butt in the community. She's now an organizer of NGConf Colombia, and she's awesome. She was coming to give us a talk about that. She, the states, the the government's not letting her in, the United States government. So I'm gonna pick her because I really wish I could have heard from her. I wish we all could have got to know her and, and heard her story because I can guarantee you. Me sitting at that MC bench, you guys all know where I sit. I would have been there with tears in my eyes as she talked. So I was excited for her talk. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna pick Adriana, and then I'm also gonna pick. Um, there was a there was a speaker who like it was the last speaker that like when it was when it's that last minute. Brock, yeah, let's you guys know this challenge of cutting those last three speakers. They all deserve to be in, right? Okay, Yvonne Allen was like that last. Bleh. Yvonne is now coming. She's going to be speaking at NGConf. She's going to blow some minds. I'm excited for what she's going to talk about. So everyone get excited for Yvonne Allen, the newest speaker at NGConf 2020. So those are my three picks. Woo. 
Do you know um on your second pick, do you know her handle? I'm gonna send her some love. Yeah, it's Adriana Magdev. Adriana sounds just like it spells just like it sounds Magdev. Thank you. So yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Okay. Very, very cool. All right. Hey Aaron, thanks a ton for sharing your time and sharing this content. We really appreciate you coming on and teaching us about Scully and the Jamstack and, and all that goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, that's a wrap, everyone. Have a good one. Catch you next time.